This, 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 this is mythical. Whoa, 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 welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are taking your call. We're doing that again? Yes, yes. we are. Uh, it's gonna be, well, we're doing it again. We don't know how often we're gonna do it, but we are doing it again. We had a good time doing it, and many of you said that you wanted to hear it again. Um, and so we will be Settling disputes again. We ask people to helping helping some mythical beasts. Yeah, people with who, some conflict who are having some kind of conflict with a friend or a spouse or just somebody in their life. Lives, lives. Uh, you know what? They're doing the smart thing. They're doing the right thing. They're coming to us to yeah. solve something that is potentially uh, tearing at the foundations of their relationship. And right. they're coming to two dudes who just happen to. Have an internet show. Well, look at us. But hey, no, don't sell us short. We freaking, we've freaking been friends for a long time. We have, and that that is not without our fair share of conflict. Right. We we know we how, embrace. We it. know how to work through conflict. We, we we've each remained in um wedlock with a person with a wife for eighteen years. Seventeen years. Eighteen years. Yeah. yeah. That's, May 27th was my anniversary. That's 56 years together. <laughs> no, it's, Combined, it's yeah, not, it's like, it's like. Um, I'm just trying to make it sound like more than it actually is. So he's a 56 plus uh, the length of our friendship. Let's add all those years together. That's a lot. Well, how many years have we known each other? So okay, four, four, well, I mean. 56 plus 30. 17 so. and 18 together is 35. And then we've known each other since we were six and now That's we're both 40, years. so that is 34 plus 35, 69 years. You're I said right. that earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with a combined conflict resolution experience of 69 years, mm. we're taking your calls today. Really wish it had been a different number, but you know, it's sometimes <laughs> just, just the way the hey, math. the math worked the out. The math works out. You know, it's a universal language. Um, before we get into your calls, I, I would like to link, update you and you mythical beasts listening uh, on a new de development in my life. Uh, I mean, I'm personally excited about it. Um, I got new golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last week I'm, uh, when we talked about aging, I did mention something about you getting into golf, but listen, Getting into golf, again, and you did clarify earlier, you said uh, in the last episode, getting back into golf, because I do. this is not, again, I'm always accused of having phases, but I insist that they are layers, because I grew up playing golf, I was on the golf team at Harnett Central High School in Anger, North oh, Carolina. Oh, snap. Um, is there a bench? You just dropped the words from your tea bag into, what, what does it say, what does your tea say to you today? Wait, is there a fortune on it? Yeah, there's like an inspirational statement. Huh, I didn't know that. Speak to make yourself happy. Uh -oh. Don't speak to impress others. Yes. That's the last thing that this man needed to hear. At the top of a podcast? <laughs> Woo-wee. Okay. Um, I'm sorry guys, but this was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what what uh the impetus for the, so i've had golf clubs for 
I, I got golf clubs that were already a little bit old when I was in college, so I'm guessing that they are 25 years old, and I don't play very often. It takes a lot of time, I don't play with my kids, you don't play, my wife doesn't play, so I don't have a lot of incentive to play golf because it is quite a time commitment. And also in Los Angeles, if you wanna go play on the weekend, which is the time that I have, you are dealing with a bunch of numb nuts out there holding you up and it's just it's gonna take you five hours to play. So. Unless you have new clubs, I mean, what? Uh, add to that the fact <laughs> that my back has been significantly compromised in recent years with my okay. disc issues, but I'm back on so top you, of you, my back. You, you've had lots of reasons to not play golf, but you're, you've, you've dug down to that layer and then when you got there, it seems to me you discovered that there's lots of new developments. So much has that, changed. That justify but, purchases. But the reason I'm back. Is to buy things. Is to, well, yes, is because my dad is coming into town and I would, and he, he loves to play golf, he plays all the time, and I was like, I, I wanna play with him out here in Los Angeles, and also, if I don't have time to go and actually go to the course and play a full round, going and just knocking some balls around at the range, as they say, uh, knock some steam off, no one has said that. <laughs> what is the, what is the, blow some steam off. Blow, in, blow off some steam, man. By knocking some balls around. Uh, I can do that and it's not such a big time commitment. And I also think that maybe it's something I can do on my boys. Anyway, all that to say that I go into the golf shop. I went to this place that like has like a, uh, a swing fit machine. This is the way it works now. I think it's worked that way for several years now at least, maybe a decade or more, where you go into a simulator and there's a video screen and. Uh, Are you talking about EA Sports Tiger Woods Golf on Xbox? Well they didn't put electrodes all over my body and then model me for a video game if that's what you're asking. They just No, I'm asking did you play a video game? No, they give you a golf club and a real golf ball and a mat and you literally go into like, it was in a strip mall, you, you hit a real ball, a real golf ball into a net but there are machines around you that are measuring everything and then projecting what the ball flight would be if you were out on a golf course and measuring all this stuff about the launch angle and the swing speed and, and the number of rotate spins and everything. You know, Basically a full analysis of your golf swing to help you understand. For, they use it in instructional ways, but they also use it when they're trying to fit you with a new set of golf clubs. I freaking felt like RoboCop if RoboCop was a golfer, which by the way, that would be a good movie. Robo golfer. Yeah, what a missed opportunity back when Robocop and Caddyshack were both popular. Born at the wrong time, as I always say. Drop it. <laughs> what do they, when you drop, when you're dropping the ball, what is that called? When you get a drop. Uh, you get a drop. You get a drop. Yeah. Drop it, drop it. Because that's what he Robocop said. That's what he said. Drop it. Remember that time uh, that we went to see our Hollywood agent? And we went into the, it was a high rise building in Beverly Hills. Hmm. And in the bottom, there's big glass doors and you walk in there and there's a fitness center down there in the lobby. And RoboCop was going in the fitness center. Yeah, turns out he's just a regular man. He's an actor. Yeah. It, the actor who played RoboCop. Right. And I leaned over to you and I was like. Drop it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I leaned over and I said, that's RoboCop. Yeah, I was there. I remember. There's a moment for me. Anyway. Those people aren't our agents anymore. 
uh, I go through different agents. I go through the process, man. I'm like, I'm hitting, I'm hitting real balls on a fake golf course. The future is here. It's in order, 2018. In order to to sell you fully customized golf clubs. Yeah, I mean, basically, I was like, I haven't spent any money on golf in two and a half decades. You're about to make up for it. I'm going for it all oh, the way gosh. from the top of the to the bottom of the bag. So I got a driver, a three wood. I went with a hybrid for the three and the four iron. Uh, I didn't ask. And then I went from five to the pitching wedge and then I got myself a sand wedge, which I've never actually had a sand wedge. You never had a sand wedge? No, I, I had one at one point and then I was just like, I'm just gonna do the pitching wedge for, that, for everything. It's kind of, kind, of, kind of a hack and I got me a ping putter. I got a new putter. Uh, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, and then I and then I also got. I'd like a sand wedge that looked like a sandwich. You know, like down at, down at the end of the pole, and it's got a little sandwich. They call it a shaft. The shaft. That's what they call it. At the tip of the shaft, there's a sandwich. The end of the shaft is probably a better. There's a sandwich. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be effective. At well, the it, ball. it's just painted on, brother. I got myself a Wolfpack bag. An NC State red and what's red and black because you don't want red and red and white are the official colors, but you don't want a white bag because you get it dirty. So you're embracing losing with Pe whoever you play. People, with. people are going to think that I'm like, hey, did you play? Well, you hey, you play college golf until they see me swing. They are. <laughs> you know. I mean, you are. You did you think about that because you you are going to get a lot of that. A lot of that. Oh, did you did you did you play college golf? Yeah. Is it your bag? I play golf in college. Yeah, I played golf in college a few times. Not for the college team. That's not lying. Yeah, I played golf in college. Hey, this guy played golf in college. <laughs> college golf and golf in college are two different things. That's what you, you ask me, did I play golf in college? I will just say yes and let you believe whatever you want to believe. Um, well, I wouldn't ask you that. I'm not going to be there. But I didn't stop with the clubs. Uh, you may notice that uh, again, not a sponsor, but I'm wearing. I, I have made the. I've made the turn. I've got an Apple Watch. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. You can hate me or love me. I don't know. I just got the thing. What? Now I understand. <laughs> it, it. I mean, I want you to. I want you to have your fun, man. And I want. I want. I don't. You don't oh, need to justify any how you spend your money to me. Well, I'm not but, justifying. But I don't. It. And I understand that if one is to play golf, hmm. one should have golf clubs. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm not gonna nitpick like if you're gonna get. Bottom, top, or middle of the line golf clubs, but you've top of the line. But 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 hold on, you got a you got an Apple Watch, but because you're playing golf. Well, there were a lot of factors conspiring over the past couple of years for me to get an Apple Watch. <laughs> I love the idea of having a smart watch. I was always a little bit afraid of what it might say about me, and you know, I feel like. If you don't have a watch, nobody judges you at all for what, anything, what, but if you do have an Apple Watch, people people judge you. It clearly says that you played golf in college. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, uh, but having a smart watch says something about you that may may be negative in some people's minds, but. Um, what? I Let's wh just come out with it. What does it say? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have anything in mind. It's just, He's got money to burn. He's money to techie. Burn. No, he's, it's just he's 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 techy, but in a a little geeky, a little like too techy, and like a looking down your nose, like an elitist. He's a tech elitist with too much money on his hands. Well, I I'm, didn't say that. I'm just. I mean, you, you don't have to be rich to have an Apple Watch. 
I mean, but I I just think it has, it says something about like maybe you're a geek, maybe you know more. Maybe this guy can fix my computer. No, I can't fix it. Oh, that. You know what I'm saying? I don't make any assumptions about me. Here's why I got it. I've wanted one for a while. Wanted a smartwatch. I like the idea of having the ability to communicate with something like Dick Tracy, and I also <clears throat> like the fitness features because I am a man that likes to work out. I like to measure things like my heart rate and how many times I stand up and all that stuff. And your iPhone can do some of that, but not. All the data rate. tracking we've talked about on previous episodes. Yeah. A lot of that's kind of. It's one step towards being a transhuman. You know, you gotta have a smartwatch somewhere along the line. Let me say two things. First of say all, it. I don't love the way it looks. I mean, I've never been this close to someone with an Apple watch that I could just say exactly what I thought. I can and get now a that different it's here band. and I, you're wearing it. I can get a different band if you want me to. I'm I pretty much, I don't like the way it looks. Well, I didn't get it because of a fashion statement. What don't you like about it though? I don't, it's, it's it looks bland. I can make this, I can put anything on the it's, screen though. It's all black and it's a little too, it's so sleek it looks like a, it looks like a like a stock watch that then you would, that got rejected from the factory processes before the cool stuff was done to it. Well that can be changed, all that can be changed. If I could figure out how to do it, I would change it. Like if it, I, I guess I'm thinking like a tag hewer. If it looked like one of those freaking watches in like a magazine I, ad. I, well, I can, first of all, I can change the face to make it look like a, a watch. I, I It'll know, still be I'm, square. I'm talking about the, the form factor, brother. The, the band can be leather, I can get, I can get this to be Brown leather, but then I think you want when you sweat into it. it you, I had a long I think conversation you would look cool with Ross. If, you, if it looked like if you looked like a diver, like a diver's watch, or like a survivalist watch, like something a little more rugged. Well, I had a conversation with Ross Stainty. at the Apple Store, and he talked me back into just start small. St you know, start in this. You don't want to draw too much attention. If I have some fancy watch, now everybody's looking at it, and then noticing it's an Apple Watch, and then I'm getting extra judgment. At this point, it's just like, oh, Apple Watch, geek, freak, whatever you want to think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's over. It's not. It's not a trend anymore. But your real question is, why did golf going to play golf lead to me getting Apple Watch? Well, because it was how on earth are you justifying this purchase? Yes. So I was like, okay, I know that there's a lot of technology now with the GPS and like you can use your phone while you're playing to know exactly where you're at on the course because all these golf courses are uh, loaded into these golf apps, and so now you can get to a place and be like. I am exactly 167 yards from the front of the green and the pin is in the back and the, these are the wind conditions. Like golf apps have all this stuff on them. And then I'm I'm reading about these golf apps getting ready for my, to play with my dad. Okay. And then it's like, oh, if you have the Apple Watch, you don't have to take your phone out. You can track all your shots and do all your data entry. Look at that, the weather. Just see that? I'm tapping it and I know that it's 65 degrees. You don't have that, just so you know. I didn't care to know that. It's 65 degrees outside right now. <laughs> okay. It's warmer in here. I can't tell you how warm it is in here. I don't have that technology. Well, if you keep this up, I'm gonna go out there and experience it. And also, I have the ability to, there's an app that tracks the swing. Like because it's got an accelerometer on my hand, I can track my swing and measure the swing plane and the swing speed. That's a little more compelling than, I, was I don't wanna take my phone out of my pocket in, while I'm golfing because it's such a, uh, such a difficult sport. What's more annoying, having a guy fumble for his phone in between every shot when you're trying to play with him and get back in the cart and stuff, or just having a guy indiscriminately 
or discreetly look down and sort of like poof, poof, poof. I'll tell you what's with annoying. This Apple Watch. You ask what's annoying? We're sitting in our office and we're having an intense creative conversation or we're in a meeting with some other people and I, every time I look over at you, you're, look, you're looking at your phone, Dick Tracy. Fun, I mean. You mean watch. <clears throat> oh yeah. It's yeah. a watch. I mean, it technically is a phone. I can't you're have looking a conversation at your, with my wife on it. You're looking at your watch and it's freaking annoying and it, it feels insulting because it feels to me like you're looking at the time. I, don't, I know you're probably looking at Slack or an email or how cold it is outside at I'm this particular I'm also in the second. honeymoon phase with my watch. So I, my, you're just looking at it. I'm looking at you're it not, a lot. You're not looking at what's on the screen, you're just looking at the watch? No, I'm measuring things. But it's, it's the thing that nobody does anymore when it's like, it's, re- it's funny how when you wanna get out of a conversation or any situation, you might find yourself looking at your watch in order to like signify, I'd like to check out of this predicament. Yeah, it's 2018, those days are over though. But but I still interpret your body language that way and it's insulting and annoying. You're gonna have to get used to it because my resting heart rate right I, now is. When I turn and look at you, I want you looking at me and engaged in whatever we're doing. 73 beats per minute. However, I'm gonna start looking down at my wrist. That's because I'm a little bit elevated, I'm passionate about this, but my resting heart rate on average today was 59 beats per minute. Just, that's, that's just me and my life. Uh, my walking average today when I was walking, it was 69. 69 again, we can't get away from that number. And the, This morning when I was on the okay. elliptical. It, it, no one asked for this. It was about 135 beats per minute, and then in my recovery it was between 131 and 101. I will say that <laughs> if you do decide to get like a more of a, a rugged diver-esque version. I'll ask for that. Uh, I'll take that one. No, no, I'm gonna just take the band. I gotta keep the main part, man. The watch part? Yeah, oh. I got the cheap one too, I got the aluminum one. I didn't even go stainless steel. I mean, I, again, well, I'm, wait, I'm wait. trying to show off to anybody. If you're done with it, I'm just saying I'll, I, I'll, I'd, I'd use it. And last but not least, I got a dry fit polo shirt to play golf in. Uh, you ought to see me in that thing. I'd, where can we see that, Rhett? Just go all the way. Well, I mean, I will be taking a picture of myself and posting it on uh, my Instagram. Shout out to Red MC on Instagram, where you can find all great pictures of golfing Rhett when they happen. But first, we wanna let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Mattress Firm. Are you struggling to get sleep? If so, the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help you, mythical beasts. And they're not just mattress experts, they can help you build your bed from headboards to adjustable bases to sheets. They even have bedroom decor. Yeah, they got you covered literally and figuratively. Plus, if you go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, you can save 10% by using the code podcast10. That's podcast10 gives you 10% off. Mattress Firm offers a 120 night sleep trial so you can rest assured that you'll love your mattress or your money back. And they offer a 120 night low price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. With more than 3,000 stores nationwide, not only are they in your backyard, but this means they have the ability to offer you deals that nobody else can. And that's on top of the 10% savings you already cash in on. That's right, so go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast and enter the code podcast10 to start sleeping better. Ear Biscuits is also supported by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Just yesterday, I experienced another HelloFresh meal. Uh, Did you say 
Hello, fresh, I right before you ate it. I typically don't say that, maybe I'll start. Uh, but again, I've said this before, the McLaughlins are not planners, we don't always know what we're going to do, and we actually forgot that it was coming, it shows up and we're like, hello, fresh. So you did say it. <laughs> we know exactly what we're doing tonight. We had the pineapple poblano, I can't say it. Can't say the word poblano. Pineapple poblano beef tacos. <laughs> they were every bit as good as they sound. I had cauliflower pancetta mac and cheese, mm. which kids don't like uh, cauliflower usually, but they like this. You put some cheese on it, they like it. Yeah, um, there's three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and I really like the Global Eats option, which brings authentic international dishes and flavors to home cooks like me. Well, Lily really likes to cook <laughs> yeah, it. You're not honestly, cooking it. Uh, for exciting new meals. Give it a shot, you'll enjoy not having to plan dinner, spend money on takeout for an easy night, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. Also, HelloFresh believes cooking should be simple and convenient, that's why it is delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. Also, you can subscribe, you just manage your account online, you got the ability to choose your delivery date to match your ever-changing schedule, and you can also pause deliveries for when you were on vacation. So, Ear Biscuiteer, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, all you gotta do is go to hellofresh.com slash ear30, E-A-R-3-0, and then once you get there, enter the code ear30, E-A-R-3-0, to get your $30 off. That's hellofresh.com slash ear30 and code ear30. Hello, Fresh. And now on with the biscuit. Let's take our first call. Let's resolve a conflict. Yeah. Hello. Hello, who are you and where are you? Oh, this is uh, John. And Amanda. Hello. And uh, we're, from, we're from Ellisville, uh, which is a suburb of St. Louis. St. Louis, John and Amanda. St. Louis, well welcome to Ear Biscuits, guys. Thanks for calling oh, in. Thank you. How can we help you? So, um, a, a uh, constant conflict that my wife and I have are uh, she's always complaining that I have too many shirts, uh, you know, a combination of polos and T-shirts. Mm. Um, and she's always wanting me to either get rid of some of my shirts or, uh, you know, not have as many shirts or that every time I get a new shirt, she's like, oh, another shirt. So, yeah. How many shirts are we talking about? So, in preparation, I counted. Yeah, good. Uh, so, I have 29 t-shirts and 20 polos. Mm. 49 shirts. Wow, so you can almost make it two months. And you're, you're, you're fine with this, but Amanda, let's hear your side of this. Well, I feel like every time I do laundry, it's Groundhog Day. Because Ooh. there's, you know, half of his shirts are in one load of laundry. And I've caught him in the past triple layering these shirts. And it's just, you know, washing the same shirts over and over again. And I, I, I just feel it's just so draining to just go through this. It's like running a marathon, but with shirts. Mm. Did you say he sometimes triple layers t-shirts? <laughs> In cold weather, yes. 
<laughs> John, have you heard of a sweatshirt? Okay. Well, I'll do like a like an A shirt, and then I'll do a T shirt, maybe another T shirt, then a polo, <laughs> then a sweater. Wow. You know, it gets really cold here in St. Louis sometimes. Right. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how the number of T-shirts impacts the amount of laundry you have to do because my my snap judgment is, is that it it's independent, right? Because I mean, actually, the no. more shirts you have, the less you should have to do laundry because you can let it build up more because you have more shirts to go through that are still clean. You're not necessitating washing shirts. You can go longer and do bigger loads. No, I think you become more indiscriminate when you've got a bunch of t-shirts mm. because then you're like, I can just, I got more to wear, I'm just gonna put this one in the dirty clothes. Washing clean clothes, that's bad. Because the the bottleneck on the the washing is the capacity of the washing machine and the capacity of the people who operate said washing machine and how often they wash it, they, they operate it. But I, I think I have some insight into this because serendipitously, I just went through all my shirts. I also went through my went through my pants, um, but I, this isn't about pants. This is hey, about this shirts. isn't about pants. Let's stay on yeah, topic, okay? Keep, keep it above the belt. So what 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 did you, what what why did you go through your shirts? And then what was the conclusion? I went through my shirts, John, because I had too many t-shirts, and I didn't have to have my wife tell me that. <laughs> my own heart told me that. Because what I did. Why? It, what, what, what is, because you know I'm a t-shirt guy. I mean, I'll, I'll wear a t-shirt. There's limited capacity and I, I have a t-shirt drawer and then I have a shirt section of the closet where I hang shirts and I hang about five to seven t-shirts that are, that I don't wanna have to worry about them being wrinkled and they're a little bit what I would call nicer t-shirts, oh, yeah. and then I've got the, the drawer full of t-shirts which are more like, gonna throw something on, I'm gonna go work out, I'm going camping, whatever. Yeah. And it was becoming difficult to fit all the t-shirts in the drawer and it was becoming difficult to fit other clothes in the shirt section of the closet. So I went through all of them and my process was taking a shirt, trying it on, full length mirror, checking myself out, that was fun, and then making a decision very quickly if that shirt made me feel uncomfortable in any way, I put it into the thrift store pile. And I did that and I, and I, and I was, you know, I was pretty, you had to have made me feel real good for to be kept and I got rid of a number of shirts and I ended up with a drawer full of shirts that has capacity for a few more shirts if I see something I really like mm -hmm. and then an easy to navigate closet I think I'm down to about uh, 15 t-shirts and you know about 10 or 15 uh, polos and, and, and there's more stuff here at the uh, at the office. I mean I, in, but laundry was not a factor in, in your decision. No because laundry is done on just when the hampers fill up at my house. So it doesn't matter how many shirts you, it's more a question of access. What I learned is that by getting rid of t-shirts I was making better t-shirt choices. And I was also like, oh, I've got that t-shirt? Oh, that's a cool t-shirt, but it was covered up by t-shirts that I've been rejecting and haven't been able to get down to the t-shirt that I actually would accept to my body. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've got a lot of t-shirts 
here at the office that I can just, if I need to slam on another t-shirt for whatever reason, I can do that. But definitely at home, I got two drawers for t-shirts. I got like a black and gray drawer, and Uh-oh. then I've got a colored t-shirt drawer. Oh, exciting. And then I've got, and I don't, and then my, my shirts are in the closet, but I got limited amount of space, and I absolutely agree with you that you got, it's, it's dictated by your storage space, at least for me. Now, if you're not doing your own laundry, John, then I, you gotta defer to the person who's willing to help you with your laundry. So if Amanda is taking issue, and if there's, again, I think there's some holes in her logic, but I think in terms of like, more t-shirts generating more laundry, unless you're being wasteful and putting clean stuff in there. But I think all that's secondary to the fact that if she's the one doing that a lot more than you, you kinda gotta defer to her unless you wanna start doing more of the laundry. And I think that's what I would, you know, I think I think she's got the, she's got the power play in this. And I think you could benefit from, 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 from gleaning a little bit. Get, just just hone it down to the ones that are most special. Um, and then for the ones that are super special, like I got a couple of super, super special t-shirts that have like nostalgia. Those go in a, a special place. That's Framed. Just, you just know that those are off limits. And if you, if you acquiesce to Amanda a little bit, then I think the risk of you losing your most special t-shirts in a, in a fit of laundry rage, which happens to everybody, you know, you could, you could you don't want to risk destroying some of your some of your prized old T-shirts, like the one that I slept in for twenty five years. Yeah, still sleeping. That's not normal. Or I kept every T-shirt from me playing recreation soccer as a kid. A little weird, but cool. They they say Bowie's Creek, and they have my number on the back from every year. And you know what? Lando sleeps in those every night. That's real sweet. And it makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah. And it's a super soft T-shirt. Everybody wins, but you gotta give a little in order to get those special moments with those t-shirts that linger around. So I say, what is the number? Whatever Amanda says. What do you guys think about that? You hit it the nail on the head. With storage was a huge issue. Uh, we we actually just bought a whole nother dresser. So it's been a little bit better since that. Um, and your point about the laundry, I do completely agree. A lot of times to try and uh, avoid this disagreement, I uh, will uh, try and help fold and do laundry sometimes, but it's it's in anticipation of avoiding the conflict to begin with and being helpful. John, I, I will just say that Rhett wasn't listening to your response because he was looking at his phone. <laughs> I mean, he was looking at his watch. Yeah, I got a I got a new Apple Watch. Uh, I'm just pretty, joking, but cool. he but he is looking at his watch a lot. I keep calling it a phone. Uh, I I didn't hear anything in your retort, John, that makes me think you can't get rid of some T-shirts as just a just an act of goodwill. I'm saying an olive branch. Get, get, out of 29 T-shirts, I'd say just start with seven. Just call seven and see what happens. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think that sounds fair. They just can't be. So I have a lot of sentimental T-shirts as well. Well, I addressed you, I addressed it. John. You got to set those aside. It. You got You got Your most sentimental T-shirts. They're a different category. Yeah, don't get rid. You know. So you got some tough decisions to make. But I think I think it'll 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 pay dividends in your relationship. And um, I don't know. But buying another piece of furniture 
Might have, might have been a mistake. <laughs> yes. So thanks for your call, guys, and uh, good luck with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's take another one. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take another call. We re- we, we resolved that Hello? one. Who are you? Where are you? Oh, hi. 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 Uh, I'm Madison, and I'm her brother, Mason. All right, where are you guys at? We're in Bakersfield, California. Oh, right up the road, birthplace of Merle Haggard. Have you been to the birthplace? No. Are you talking about Buck Owens? No, we're oh, talking about Merle Haggard. Buck Owens wasn't born there. I know that he he helped create the Bakersfield sound. He he lived there and all that. Um, but no, he's not the special one to us. We're fans of both, though. But how how can we help you? Okay, well, uh, it seems short and simple at first, but uh, this is is it better to be in hot weather or cold weather? Okay. Mm-hmm. And what are what are what are your opinions on this? Well, I strongly believe that hot weather is better, and I believe cold weather is better by a long shot. And do you do you find yourself having to decide that you're going to move to colder weather because Bakersfield gets really hot? Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, that's yeah. He wants to. Move. I want to move so bad. <laughs> but it's more of a hypothetical situation that you would you just want us to kind of weigh in on who's right, which we can of course do. And also, um, you can think of it like in a survival situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like if you're in, if you're stranded in the wilderness, if, what, when yeah. you have a better chance of surviving, if it's hot or if it's cold. Because I think mm-hmm. then, if you think about it that way, you can actually find a real answer. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, see, Maddie's making her argument. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to her. <laughs> well, Mason, do you do you have do you have a quick argument before we give you the right answer? Um, yeah, I just feel like you can always put on more clothes in the winter, but like in the heat, like you can't keep taking clothes off. Like there's a limit. Okay. That's true. Right, okay. This is a classic question. Mm -hmm. And and most of the time it doesn't really come up as an argument. It comes up as someone's like, I'd rather be, if they're really hot, they're like, I'd rather be cold any day. If they're really cold, I'd rather be really hot any day. And grass is always greener, isn't it? Um, And so, and I do, if you're talking about survival situations, I mean, at some point on both ends of the extreme, you're gonna die, right? If it gets too hot for too long, you're gonna die. If it gets too cold, even if you put a bunch of clothes well, on, it, you are eventually gonna die. If, you, if you're an extreme cold, you're gonna die. But if you're an extreme hot, as long as you stay hydrated, you're not Thank gonna you. die. Yes, but in a survival situation, you don't always have water, so that's kinda hard to do. Well, let's assume. But also for the winter, I guess. But if you assume that you have water and clothes, even with a lot of clothes, you're ultimately going to die, like you said. But with water, I don't think you are. So that's a factor. If we're talking about the normal range of temperatures on Earth in civilized pl- in civilized areas, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah. So I don't know. I think we probably both agree that like we pref- we're both we don't like being cold, so we prefer being hot. So like, if you're yeah. saying which one is better, like. I'd rather be really, really hot if we're talking about normal temperature ranges than really, really cold, just personal preference. Yeah. However, with what I've been reading about from you know the guru Wim Hof and this whole idea that when you're really cold, okay. you actually begin to activate your brown fat stores. So you've got brown fat and white fat, 
brown fat is something that we uh, link, it makes Link sneeze, basically. Uh, when I, when I, I talk about brown fat, he, he gets very sneezy, <laughs> okay? You got another one? Not yet. I'm gonna so, wait till you start talking and have another sneeze. So brown fat is something that uh, is is something our ancestors used to remain warm in extreme cold temperatures. But now that we have such regulated uh, environments, when it comes to temperature, air conditioned environments, we have very very little brown fat. But uh -huh. the thing that Wim Hof does with the whole Iceman Wim Hof method is he builds up the, this brown fat. So, Where does the brown fat reside? Uh, it's not like white fat, which is like, you know, in your belly and places like, like that. Like a brown, spare tire brown or a fat, muffin top? Brown fat shows up uh, in like MRI scans, like in your neck and your, down your spine and that kind of thing, and it actually begins to burn the white, it activates the white fat to begin to burn to generate heat. So if you have, it, so it's not like you look fat. It's, 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 it's not, uh, it doesn't have like a, a bulk to it. The cool thing about it is, is if you build up your brown fat stores, you actually help your immunity. I haven't read all. I haven't read all about this, but basically, it's better for you just as a human to have that uh, the, the uh, durability that comes with having more brown fat. So while my preference is to be warm, as is mine, it would actually be better. So you you say which one's better? It would be better physically and like holistically to be colder than it would be to be hotter. And there you have it, Mason. So, good luck with that. Thanks for calling. Thank you, thank you. Breaking out the Wim Hof science, right? I mean, That's good. I I don't know if I helped. Well, it's not about helping, it's about being right. Okay. And they may, they may die trying, but uh, <laughs> at least they're working on the brown fat. Work on that brown fat. Let's take another call. Hello. Hey, it's Rhett and Link. Who are you and where are you? Hi, my name is Shelly and I am in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and then my roommate who is just walking into the room now is, um, I'm Lindsay. Hello, Shelly and Lindsay. How does it feel to have just walked in the room, Lindsay? <laughs> Did you know that you were, you were gonna be part of this uh, <laughs> Ear Biscuit conversation? I knew for the last couple of days that we were going to be talking about it. Um, okay. But I got a phone call from Shelly when she first found out, and she was very, very excited. All right. So, what is your issue? So, um, our issue is about a backpack. Um, recently, I asked Lindsay to get my wallet out of my backpack, and I told her it was in the back pocket. And she came back and said that it was not in the back pocket. And so, um, she made me panic, so I went to the backpack, and I checked the back pocket, and it was in there, and so I came back to her, and I was like, the back pocket had my wallet, where were you looking? And she said, that's not the back pocket. Um, so then that led to a discussion about what is front and what is back on a backpack. Ooh. What is the front of a backpack? This is a juicy one. Yes, I have had this this argument before. Okay, so not with me though. Uh, no, have I don't, we had this argument? I don't think we've ever talked about this. You've argued with someone else about this. Okay, so just to just to clarify, so Shelly, which okay, if you're wearing a backpack, the pocket that is the 
furthest from you, the person? You consider that the front or the back? So how I consider it is that... Um, Was that a cat? Yeah, that's the cat. Sorry. Oh gosh, your cat, your cat owners. <laughs> I apologize. All right, I have to. Re- I, I got to recalibrate. Well, we have a dog too. So okay, all right, You're, it's a balance. Are they both they, going in the backpack? <laughs> so okay, so the um, straps for me, uh, the pocket closest to the straps would be the back pocket. The pocket farthest from the straps would mm. be the front pocket, mm. and Lindsay finds it to be the opposite. Okay. It is. I, I, first of all, let me. I, I have my answer. That it is. That it, it is inherently confusing. I have a logic. I. I okay. Well, you, let's you, just say what 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 we think. I think that the pocket furthest away from the person wearing the backpack in the very back of the backpack is the front. The back pocket. The back pocket. Because when you look at a backpack, the the part that everybody sees is the front. And so the frontest most part is the front pocket. That's the front of the backpack, the part that everybody sees. Because if you were to hang a backpack on a on a on a rack in a store so as to decide to potentially purchase said backpack, mm-hmm. you want to look at the front of it. You know, I think that's why it's called the front because it's the part that you look at. Okay. I, on a backpack. I'm sympathetic to this logic, okay? And the I, back I, is the part nobody ever sees. It the back goes against the human back, which is just coincidence. I'm going to I'm going to steel man your argument. So I'm actually going to add to your argument before I break it down, okay? Okay. It's, I Go, going like a, a straw man. You're going to steel man my argument? Steel is man. that what straw like straw man steel man? Steel I've man. I've never heard that. Steel man is when you correctly and generously state your opponent's argument. Okay, I'm glad you warned me that though you're about to agree with me, it's only ultimately to disagree with <laughs> right. me. I get it. So if I were and to- And I can see, take it. If I were to see backpacks for sale, uh, not even in a store, but just like on a website, they would show me what you consider to be the front, front. of the backpack. Like in, this, in, in the same way that they would show you like the front of a t-shirt. Usually the front thing is what you would face to evaluate whether or not you were gonna purchase said thing. And that is why this is inherently confusing. However, when a backpack is on a person, it is oriented in a way, I, I think it becomes a part of that person and then everything is in reference to the person who's wearing the backpack because if you wear a jacket, you say the front of the jacket is the front of the person, the back of the jacket is the back of the person. And so every, and the, the front of a hat is the, the thing that's on the front of the person, the back of the hat is on the back of the person. Every other article of clothing is evaluated in reference to the human anatomy. And a backpack is for a human's back. And so to remain consistent with that logic, the front and the back line up in the same way. And then when you begin to move, when a person begins to move forward, the backpack is moving towards its front, which is the strap side. It's it's difficult because when you take the backpack off of a person and you evaluate the backpack on its own, it is logical to assume that what I would call the back is now the front, but the backpack is only a backpack when it's on someone's back. I am going to steel man your steel man <laughs> argument and say that, 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 that is, that's a brilliant perspective that I 100% agree with, except Okay. When it's not on the back, it's still a backpack. So you think it flips It flips depending on whether somebody's wearing it or not? That is the scenario that they presented to us. 
She she said, will you go and get my wallet out of the front of my backpack, implying that it wasn't on her person. I'm certain of that. But we do have to come to some kind of agreement. Uh, that, well, we could come to the agreement that it changes depending on if it's on the backpack or not. Oh, wow, okay. If it's on the back of the person. I rec- like, Listen, I, what I, if it, by the way, what if sometimes I wear a backpack on the front of my person in order to, if I've been wearing it all day, like in an amusement park full of water bottles. At that point, it becomes a large fanny pack, which is a totally different thing. Hmm, <laughs> okay, so. What so, happens when you are wearing the backpack and like when I wear the backpack at an amusement park and I ask my sister to get something out of it, it is now in front of her, it is still on my back, it is in front of her, which pocket then would be the front versus the back? Uh, well, my argument is that it should always be, even when it's not on a person, I think we have to have a convention that we stick with, and maybe this is just a regional thing, like every family, every group of friends agrees on what it is, because it is inherently confusing because it feels different when it's on somebody. But to me, when I look at a backpack, I evaluate it in its functional capacity, which is on someone's back. And so that's why I consider the back of the backpack to be the furthest thing from me, the person. And so in my family, that's what we call the back pocket, is that little pocket in the way in the way back of First the backpack. First of all, I would never call the big pocket, like the biggest area of the backpack. That's the front pocket. I wouldn't call it a pocket. I would that's just the say, main compartment. I would say the big, I would say the big, I would call it a pocket, I would call it the big pocket. You could label, you could get a labeler and label each pocket just a number system and just be like, get it out of pocket number one. If it was on me, okay, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be impartial, it doesn't matter if I have to change my answer or even if it's because of your argument or not. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right, I got the backpack on. Like, can you get, can you get something, um, can you grab my keys out of my backpack? Which pocket? Um, the the outermost pocket. I mean, I think that's what I would say. I've never said, I've never wrestled with this issue personally because I've never said the back pocket. I'd be like, I would the, be- The lower pocket. I'd be like the little pocket in the back that's not not the, not the little, the smallest pocket wow. that's like straight across but the bigger pocket. That's a little complicated. That's still not the biggest, yeah. That's a cumbersome conversation. So, so I don't know. We're a little bit of a stalemate here. I don't know what we've done for you, but I kind of feel like you guys either need a labeling system or you just need uh, some sort of compromise to just agree, not you can't compromise, somebody has to win this argument. So maybe you flip a coin and then this is how you refer to it. Or Lindsay, you just know when Shelly says back that she means front and vice versa and you just keep that straight in your mind. It'll probably make new neurons grow if you do that. I mean, this. The the thing was, Lindsay, this was your opportunity to rummage through every pocket of her backpack. Who knows what you could have found? You know, you were just like, you looked in one pocket and gave up. I think the real issue here is that um, you lack determination, resolve, <laughs> and are you even a true friend? She's trustworthy, that's what it is. <laughs> yep, she, you are trustworthy. She sent you to get the wallet. She thought, I think Shelly thought you stole the wallet. Okay, <laughs> did we help? I don't think so, but good luck with that. <laughs> it's all good, we appreciate it. Thanks guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Back pocket. 
I guess I'll go with back pocket. It's a tough one. Got, you know what? It's a tough one, man. I, you know, I just, I, I. Little pocket, big pocket, little pocket. I would just use different terminology. Mm. Let's take another call. Hello? Hey, you got Rhett and Link. Who are you and where are you? Uh, I'm Morgan. And I'm Jordan. And we are from Stanton, Virginia. The big VA. That's right. How goes it in VA? Good, good. What are you guys uh, dealing with? What are you disagreeing about? Mm. Well, we're having a disagreement about whether or not it's okay to make comments during a movie. Okay. Um, well, let me hear. Let me hear each of your sides to this. Okay, so I think that it's okay to make comments during a movie, and of course, these aren't like random comments. There are comments about the actual movie and what's going on. But Jordan, uh, I, I believe that you should just sit there and enjoy the movie, like just enjoy the movie, and any disruptive comments are gonna they're gonna break the immersion. Morgan, what what type of things? Are you are you talking about that you that can't wait? Um, I don't know, just something that like just happened that's so crazy, or something that if it's like a sequel to another movie, if it ties in with something that happened in the last one, and now it all makes sense. Or sometimes I do have questions, especially if it's a movie that Jordan has seen before and I don't completely understand. Hmm. Okay. Okay, Morgan, I'm going to. Um... I'm gonna put this as nicely as possible. You are objectively and definitively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you're I, not. You're not gonna get any sympathy from us because we are. Um, we are movie movie noise Nazis around here. Oh yeah, I mean, I've told this story before. Of d during the Hobbit movie. I think that was the movie when you know I t I went with the kids and then like these people were talking and making fun of the movie and yeah there were I, I think their their criticism might have been valid but it was so distracting that I turned around and I was just so angry and it just came out I was just like shut the hell up <laughs> and and then I was so afraid that they were fans the red I've I've never. I've never cursed at any stranger ever, <laughs> except in this instance. And you know, uh, I've I've slept on it, I've reflected on it, and I stand by it <laughs> in front of my kids. Like they were, they were just like, Dad. <gasps> so that might be a little extreme. But yeah. okay, but to Jordan's point here. Now, first of all, I'll get upset with my family if I'm showing them not a movie, but like one of my videos. Sometimes I have to like force my family to watch what I do for a living. Uh, and um, sometimes they get their reaction. You want them to process it. Yeah, and admittedly, but not, there's not a lot to as keep it's up with. Happening. But sometimes I'll just I'll look at, at Jesse's face while she's watching one of my videos, and she's like looking at her nails or something like she's not like she's looking at it, but then she's like she's distracted and she's like looking at. It. I'm like, look at the freaking screen! Like <laughs> I, I I lose it. And she's she's talking. Uh, it's even worse. And and again, I'm trying to get her to watch something that's mine. But if we're sitting down watching a movie, it's like. In the McLaughlin household, all the lights are off. Oh, I got to get Nobody right. speaks. Everything is in place. If someone has to get up to use the restroom, there is a pause. I cannot eat while watching anything because we are also artists. 
Morgan. <laughs> and it, I, when when somebody crafts whatever it is that you're watching, if it's worth watching, it, every second has been crafted it, with the assumption that you're gonna be looking at it and listening to it and not talking over it or being distracted by someone else talking over it. You know, that, that one moment that that you're glancing over to to hear what Morgan's saying, Jordan, you, you might be missing the, the the most important thing. You know, and it's and 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 some some of the time You don't have to say that, Jordan. We're yeah, win, just, we're winning the yeah. argument. You just sit idly by and just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, it, it's crafted in a way to be watched and processed silently. However, there are exceptions, and Morgan, I think this is where you can have a little fun, and this is when you are watching a movie nostalgically, watching a movie for a second or a third time, watching a comedic movie or a horror movie in a group of friends. I believe that the rules change. so. I think that now it can get a little annoying sometimes if people are too too into this thing. But like, I'll watch a horror movie with friends. It's something I like to do occasionally for like a birthday celebration, and somebody's and people talking just makes it fun. But yeah. like, if I'm watching uh, a movie for the first time, and I'm and I'm really into it, and I and I want it to get everything that it offers, then there's no talking unless there's like an emergency. If like somebody's like you know choking. And usually at that point, they can't speak, so they just usually choke. You know, Morgan, I think yeah, you can- like a win-win. I think you can turn, <laughs> again, Jordan, you just need to keep quiet. Morgan, <laughs> <laughs> trust me. Morgan, I think this is an opportunity for you to just, to turn over a new leaf, you know? It's um, save your questions till the end. And, and a lot of times, questions that are being raised in your mind while oh. watching a movie are intentional. And they're about to be answered. And they're about to be answered. And that, oh gosh, I hate having to answer questions that you're not supposed to know the answer to yet. So just believe if you don't, if, if Christy asked me something or one of the kids, I'm like, you're not supposed to know yet. That's why you're at, that's why the question's going through your mind. That's the beauty of that, the of That the was artistry. intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Morgan, I know. <laughs> we're, 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 we're be, for dramatic effect, we're being a little mean to you, and, and actually, then also being mean to Jordan. Yeah, just but um, right. please forgive us for that. We're we're uh, you 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 touched a nerve. Yes, but we're we're also just uh, giving you a hard time. Ultimately, um, you guys got to come up with a system, and maybe there's a compromise that does involve with home viewing some sort of Jordan. You might. Maybe give, a, give her X number of pauses. An intermission. Maybe there's an intermission. An intermission. And you're like, you got any questions? Or, just like, <laughs> <laughs> or okay. I'm sorry, Morgan. That might work, uh, you know, at home, but at the movie theater, I, you know, I don't have control over that. That's true. Yeah. Okay, but in my defense, when I'm making comments about a movie, usually it's a movie that he's chosen to show me, or this even happens with music. That mm. he has like made because he's a musician, oh. and so I'll comment and try to show that I'm interested in what's happening, because um, that's my way of showing it, and it just makes him angry. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Jordan's um, auditioning his latest hot lit track for your ears, you know, I I think you just you know if if he wants you to take it all in, just just wait till the end. You know, you might need a notepad. 
Take a few notes. <laughs> that's a good idea. But not a phone, an actual notepad that doesn't light up. Because that's that's a whole different issue. Phones in the theater. Um okay, well we uh we hope we have helped at least somewhat. Uh we like Link said, we feel pretty strongly about this, but good luck with that. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Did we come on too strong? I, I mean, don't, I don't. I think there's I think so, sometimes, yes, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, you just gotta. You know, when someone's that wrong, you you, you right. have to be that right. Okay, let's take another call. Uh, actually, we are going to just read this question. Okay. Uh, we wanted to prioritize an international call, but uh, we had a little technical difficulty with the international call. But just so you know, we uh, we heard your. Con- a lot of people said you guys are just taking calls from. The United States, but we're not. We were taking one from Poland, but it's 3 a.m. there and there's been some technical difficulties. So uh, she also commented her her question? Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, so this is from Adriana uh, and her partner James. She says, we keep arguing about the proper way to load up a dishwasher. Okay. Or more specifically, about cereal bowls placement, top versus bottom rack. Oh, now this is, okay. Yeah, this is definitely a litmus test of 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 living together is what you do with that dishwasher. Now, and and I, also it's a good personality test. And I would figure I, I well, I would go as far as to virtually guarantee that you have a formed opinion about dishwasher loading. Like anytime Absolutely. Anytime like there's any moving, like anytime that I've ever moved with Link into or out of something he is if you if he isn't the guy who's placing the things inside the moving truck he's so anxious to be the guy that's placing things inside the moving truck that you better just let him do it otherwise you're going to be dealing with um a very unsettled man yeah i mean there's so much at stake with a dishwasher because a it's a puzzle i mean you you and you want to maximize the amount of stuff that goes in there because you know what's gonna happen. Anything that doesn't get in there before you close that thing up and you start washing it, anything left behind, you you technically need to go ahead and wash so that you can have a clean slate. Or even if there's an, if, it, if it all fits and you've succeeded, oh boy, if you don't empty it quick, that, that, that sink is gonna load up. Especially when you got three kids running around. And a dog. And a dog throwing dishes in there. Yep. So I, I consider it my life's mission whenever I open that dishwasher to optimize it. Uh, to, okay. to, 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 again, to a fault. I, you know, we talk about our personalities and it, this, every strength can become a weakness. You know, the amount of time I spend rearranging the dishwasher. Rearranging? From what everyone else in my house has done. Oh, really? Okay. It's just, That's next it's level. a bit much, but it's it feels so good to get it right. I mean, I'm gonna get to cereal bowls, but I mean, for starters, all those utensil cubbies down there on the bottom, uh-huh. at least in my dishwasher. I mean, in an ideal world, it would be it would be sorted by type. So when they're clean, you take the whole caddy out, you take it over to the drawer, and then you can just grab a section of grab all the forks at once and slam them in. So grab all the spoons at once. That, Big you, spoons. You don't do that. You don't sort it by type. I do that. Yes. But you're saying that your family doesn't follow they, the protocol. They don't really do that. And I also put um, the sharpest things at the back, so that. Do you do your knives up? 
I do the knives down for right. safety. Right. And I put them at the back also, so that's two reasons why no one's gonna get cut, uh, n- namely me. And then I put like the baby spoons at the front because I just feel like there's no risk with the baby spoons. No risk. But with bigger spoons, I don't know what the risk is, but put I an eye like out, really. there's a little bit of risk, so they're yeah. a little bit further back. So it's actually, there's actually way too much going in, thought going into this, but it feels good when it happens that way. I don't, I don't rearrange all the utensils if it's like slam full, I just say, I just let it go. Because at that point you're not saving any time. But I also have this, when it comes to the top rack, that's clearly meant for a, things that can't go on the bottom rack, when there's certain type of plastics that you don't want down there, it'll be too much, too close to the heating element and it will damage them. Right. You gotta put them on the top. And then after that, you gotta put all your cups up there because that's usually, that's where they're designed to go. It's always a pet peeve of mine when I open it up and someone didn't start, they just threw a cup kind of in the middle. So you gotta start the cup at the far back left corner and, oh. then, and then work against that and then building a tight, cohesive puzzle of dishes. And then at the bottom rack, you've clearly got what the designers, the the dishwasher god has dictated Hmm. is the place for plates. Right. And not only is it the place for plates, but it's the place for plates to be facing a certain direction. Correct. So that they lean back and they don't, they don't touch each other. All plates have to be facing the same direction for them all to be cleaned optimally. And I find myself turning around the plates all the time. You sound like you're explaining. um, It's important. Dishwashers to like someone who has never seen them, which again, I know that lots of people don't function correct, but you know like, the the first talk you get about like a new piece of equipment and you kind of half listen to it, you know, I know this is what the manufacturer intends, yep. but I'm just gonna kind of do my own thing. But you're but you're really breaking down dishwasher uh, etiquette in a way that would make any manufacturer proud. Bowls are the bane of my existence. Bowls are tough. Bowls are bad. I actually, you know, uh, I, I I tried for a while to eat things that belonged in bowls and other things just so I wouldn't have to put them in the dishwasher. If it's a, and it, you know what's worse than a bowl? Cause I'll get back to a cereal bowl, is a big bowl. Oh, big bowls. Christy will get, I don't know how, between Lily and Christy, they'll, they go for the big bowls for things, to like mix and cook stuff. Yeah, that typically is what they're used for. And then they'll just put them in the bottom rack and a, a bowl, a big or medium sized bowl will obfuscate what could be a space to hold eight plates. It ruins everything. And then what are you doing? You're basically signing up to hand wash eight plates. So there are many, many days that I will open the dishwasher then with dirty dishes in there and I'll see a, two big bowls and I'll take them out and I'll, I'll put them in the sink to hand wash them and then I'll take the crap that's in the t- sink and I'll, I'll load it all in the dishwasher and I've reduced the amount of time that I'm taking washing the dishes because yeah, heck yeah, I wash lots of dishes. Proud of it, but there's a right way to do it. And, what, and what, you, what do you do with the? But then those, those cereal bowls are freaking tough, man. And with all the answers I have, I'm now to the point where I'm about to tell you, I don't fully know. Oh gosh. I, it's a puzzle, you, you do everything else that I said and then with the space remaining, you load it up, starting with the smallest bowls 
and then going up in size until the dishwasher's full, then what's left you wash in the in the the dishwasher. So if you're But isn't there a the bowl section in your dishwasher? It's it's hard to say. There, there is what I have deemed to be a bowl section. And it is on the bottom, right? It is on the bottom. I, I do put the bowls on the bottom because- You have a Bosch? We, we go through so many- What do you have? Uh, Whirlpool, not oh. a sponsor. Okay, Bosch, not a sponsor either, because that'd be weird, they're competing competing brands. We could we could have competing brand sponsors and we could just go at it. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in always brought to you by Bosch. Can we do that? Can we get- <laughs> Let's, let's I want to wear a Bosch sponsors. t-shirt like two race car drivers. I'm the Bosch man, <laughs> he's Whirlpool. the Whirlpool man. <laughs> uh, for Commercial Kings, um, back when we were shooting that show, we, we wanted to do an ad for a mattress um, store because they have a lot of local commercials. But we, but we decided that we wanted to do an episode where we took a whole block of mattress stores oh, and, yeah. and make a commercial for the whole block. So it's like, come to our block, and we were gonna bring together all these different mattress store owners and proprietors. Cause there's so many next to, to each other. To, yeah, they're always together. And bring them together in the same commercial. We thought that would be cool and buzzworthy. It was a great idea. We couldn't get them to agree. No to one would agree to it, but that was their loss. Well, can, um, let, let me, you know, I don't have nearly as strong of an opinion about this, but I will say. I, I will, well, okay. my, my final answer is, the the bottom, and if, you, if you've if you loaded bowls earlier, you may have to take them out. You just gotta be willing to do that, and then if for some reason you're ready to wash, there's room on the top, and there's no room on the bottom, you put bowls wherever you can. Get that dishwasher as full as possible. Get in where you fit in. Yeah, that's my official answer. It's more of an order of operations thing than it is one correct answer. The, I think this all applies also in Poland. Yeah, I, I believe Poland is the same. Um, the what you you the most compelling thing you said in terms of the way I approach this personally because I'm not going to rearrange anything. Like if people have done something wrong, I'm just like screw it. I'll just get the rest of this right. I just put the things in the place that I have interpreted to be the manufacturer's intentions. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and I again I've interpreted it to be a there's a bowl section. There's not a bowl. There's not one in mine. Okay, you need a, a Bosch. It's a flaw. You need a Bosch, man. I'm sponsored by Bosch. I'm not, but I will be because of the bowl section. I think I will be too. And um, you know, and they're all up in a nice angle, and they're almost touching, but not touching. And sometimes I wonder how Mr. Bosch figured out how, but to, it's the, to, to get the the water streams up the, into there. And but the concavity of the bowl is is slightly downward facing. A little bit, yeah, because it's the bowl section. Because you don't want to open a clean dishwasher and have a pool of. Water can't, can't in the bowl. And definitely, big bowls have no place. Big bowls are not allowed. Big bowls are hand washed every right. time. Complete agreement. The problem in my house is people putting things in the dishwasher that have no business being in the dishwasher, like a garlic press. Like a you know what teddy I'm saying? bear? Like, no, things that, okay, a garlic press is always and ev only ever going to have garlic on it. Just rinse it. You just rinse it. You know what it is, garlic is already antiviral, antibacterial. Huh. It's gonna smell like garlic the next time you use it. It's just gonna be a troublesome little gadget to put in there. Uh, so when you see it in there, you take it out? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just gosh. I just complain vocally, loudly. I say, don't put the garlic press in the Bosch. I refer to it as the Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't.
You we, thought it was funny. You, you, you're now deciding to do that because yeah, you just amused yourself. I will. <laughs> because you thought that was so funny. I I'm will, gonna hold you to that. I will from now on. You better. Uh, and also, you're not supposed to put knives, sharp knives should not be in the dishwasher because water is bad for your, the sharpness of your knives. In fact, as soon as you get through using a knife, you should rinse it and dry it because it is uh, an oxid oxidation oh, you're process. Oh, like a rusting. It's, it, but it's more subtle than you think. You gotta have dry knives. That was my nickname in high school, dry knives. Dry <laughs> knives and Bosch. I was, so, so, I was so about not putting those dry knives in the Bosch that everybody was like, well, let's just call them that. But you don't do that. You do not, right when you use a sharp knife. Yes, I do. I am, Wash it and dry it. I, I am, I, I wash other people's knives in my house. If I see a knife, I wash it, dry it, put it back where it belongs, in the block. My in-laws do not use their dishwasher. They've never used their dishwasher. It makes me so angry. Because when I'm at their house, then, they're hand washing dishes, all of them, with a dishwasher right there. Have you had a conversation? I said gently, "Why don't we? Why don't we load the dishwasher?" Is it a Bosch? It's a Bosch, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it's one of those things where you don't get an answer it, it, because the answer is we don't use the dishwasher. There what? is no answer. They built that home for themselves. Why is there not? Why do they have a dishwasher?" I don't know. For emer I don't know. For emergencies, you I almost said. I don't know. For emergencies. I I don't know what the psychology of it is. It it it's something about I don't know, it must be like some sort of per perceived energy efficiency or something. I I I could not get an answer out of them and I'm I'm in no position to argue. It's like when I go to their house, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. So they don't even have detergent. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, they've got they've got hand washing detergent, but they don't have. Isn't it different? I don't know. And ask Bosch. And and you know what? Christy's sister does it. She hand washes too. I think they hand wash too. They don't use their dishwasher. If, I, if you, I have to think they use it some. If you hadn't married your wife, she could. She may be. I, don't, still I, don't, hand I just don't washing. know what the reason is. It's a, it's a glorious device. Now you want it to be full for efficiency's sake but then it's so efficient. Hmm. I mean, we load up that dishwasher and we're still constantly washing dishes. I mean, we spend, when we eat dinner as a family, after dinner, we all go in there, we're washing dishes, we're trying to clean up, it takes freaking an hour. It takes three times as long to clean up as it does to actually eat in my home. That's yeah, because it's a whirlpool, that's a problem. Like that's not, not the, and I'm talking about <laughs> all the hand washing that we have to do in addition to loading the yeah. freaking dishwasher. Right, well we just, you, we just throw everything in the Bosch with food on it. We need two dishwashers. Part of the strength of I it. I think when you have five people in a home and you're eating as much Or like much a double wide, like a double fridge, you get a double dish. I, I, I'm legitimately thinking that I'm gonna add a Bosch beside my Whirlpool. <laughs> so a side-by-side -side comparison I'm every gonna, night. I'm gonna have a bowl-only dishwasher. Oh, the bowl Bosch. The bowl Bosch. Bosch for bowls. That's a good idea. Call me Bosch. So Adriana and James, her partner, good luck with that. I don't know if we helped, uh, but as you can see, we. You got me worked up. We definitely. I was having so much fun until the end of this and now I'm freaking 
You're gonna go angry. home and wash dishes. Why am I so angry all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Uh. <laughs> uh. <coughs> okay, well this is fun. This is fun for me, personally. I mean, I had a good time. I, again, I was having a great time until I don't know. I didn't. I didn't mean to bring. I, and here's the thing: my brother-in-law, he, he listens, and he. I'm gonna get a text. Oh yeah, you are. Okay, JB, just go ahead and text me. But can you explain? I mean, why you don't use your your dishwasher? Mm. I mean, is it just because our in-laws? Because they're his in-laws too. Yeah, that's how it works. Don't use. Is it? Is there some sort of like legacy thing going on here? It's like, it's a wonderful thing, the dishwasher. You know, it's it's a. I mean, I don't. I know you know what it is. I'm not. I don't have to tell you, I, but I am curious why you don't use it. And I think you do use it some. It's not like, but but the in-laws. I don't know. Maybe we can get through to them. Okay. It's got to turn into I mean, a personal message. His uh, also know that Bobby's VCR died. So he's looking for a new one. Instead of a DVD player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good luck with that. I was just so angry. <laughs>